This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous offers. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Clinton likes them young. That's right. He likes them young. Anybody surprised by that? We're all very surprised that Stephen Hawking was mentioned in the Epstein documents. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. The A-listers named in the new Jeffrey Epstein documents. More is coming out and more will come out. It obviously came out late yesterday and we are following a lot of this for you and have lots of thoughts on this. I I think uh, one of the key things here, of course, is that we know that Bill Clinton is a freaking sleazeball, and we've always known this. I mean, the guy was, you know, preying on White House interns, which I thought was completely inappropriate. I mean, you, you know, you, you send your your young daughter to the workplace, and being a White House intern is an incredible honor. And then to have the president prey on your daughter in the workplace, that was the biggest, one of the biggest cases of sexual harassment in American history. Really, think about this. I mean, the, the president of the United States of America who is hitting on an, an intern. Sexual harassment in the workplace, I know Democrats don't care about it when Democrats do it, but it became a whole big thing, Me Too, you know, all that whole thing. And Clinton was the poster child for it. Yeah, but you, you talk about being afraid to say no to your boss because of retaliation. It's the freaking president of the United States of America hitting on you as an intern. You know what I mean? So, but they, but they never cared about anything as long they knew Bill Clinton was a sleazeball and they didn't care. He was, there was a guy that, I mean, he, you know, he raped a woman, Juanita Broderick and all the other things that Clinton did. And they didn't care because they, and they, the feminists back then who said about him, all I care about is that he's, he's uh, pro-choice that said he supports abortion. That's all I care about. And uh, the rest would leave aside. They knew who he was. They had comments made back then. You know, James Carville said, if you take a $20 bill through a trailer park, it's amazing what turns up. And yes, the unbiased journalist George Stephanopoulos, who back then was leading the uh, talking points for the White House during all of the bimbo eruptions, as it was called, they shamed these women. You know, they did a ton of victim shaming on all the women. They were all trailer park trash and bimbos and whores and everything else, right? Because this guy was preying on them. And using, he, I mean, he prayed on them as governor of Arkansas. He prayed on them as president of the United States. And he took advantage of them, uh, committed sexual assault, and nothing ever happened to him. And then they had their phony Clinton Foundation, 
which which is a gigantic money laundering embezzlement scam. And the guy is hanging out at Epstein Island, hanging out with everybody. And, you know, he likes him young. More is going to come out about this sleaze ball. I know it will. But I'm telling you, though, it, it, it just shows you the hypocrisy of the left because Bill Clinton and don't and don't tell me that, you know, Bill Clinton at back then, like it wasn't a thing. Of course, of course, it was a thing. I mean, sexual harassment in the workplace was a thing. It wasn't Mad Men in the 1990s. We'd come a long way by then. But it's just that the feminists or the feminazis, as Russ used to call them back then, didn't give a damn. They didn't care. They didn't care. Because as long as Bill Clinton was pro-abortion, that's all they gave a damn about. So they, 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 they would come out and say it. They'd openly say it. You had the uh, Gloria Steinem, I think it was, who came out and said it at the time. I don't care. As long as he's pro-abortion, that's all I care about. All the rest of it, don't worry about it. Leave it alone. So he really likes, he likes him young. You know what I mean? He's, 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 uh, he, he likes him young. Where is he right now, by the way? He's in a small Mexican town. That's where the uh, former president is right now, in a small Mexican town known as San Miguel de Allende in Guanajuato, alongside other tourists. He's in front of a parish. And uh, the mayor of the town welcomed him, saying, even Bill Clinton walks calmly and safely through the streets of San Miguel de Allende, Enjoying its unique beauty and the kindness of the people of San Miguel de Allende. Welcome, Mr. President. Juanita Broderick uh, is a is a woman who was destroyed by the Clinton team and destroyed by the mainstream corporate media as well because she made accusations against Clinton. And, you know, nowadays it's uh, believe all women. But back then it was don't believe women if they accuse Democrats. It still it still really is that way today. I mean, it really truly is. But what they did to poor Juanita Broderick is just, you know, it's 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 outrageous. And they tried to destroy this woman. And she she said, I'm not going to back down. In fact, she tweeted out the other day. She said, you know, after Bill Clinton viciously raped me, he said, don't worry I'm sterile due to mumps when I was a boy. Then he told me, you'd better put some ice on that, pointing to my swollen and bleeding lip. There are good men, and then there's Bill Clinton. That's what Juanita Broderick tweeted out. Now, if you hold it by the standards of the left, she's to be believed. And I think her story is incredibly credible. But wow, did they try to destroy her. They really did. And then, of course, one of the brilliant things that Trump did was he had a conference with all the women who were Bill Clinton's uh, victims. And I thought that was a stroke of brilliance. That Hillary did not like, but their whole marriage was a was a sham and still is a sham, obviously. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten is the number. We'll talk more about that. But let me go to Tracy. Tracy's in Lansdale. Hello, Tracy. How are you tonight? Hi, Rich. Can you hear me? I sure can. <laughs> so I know you're just talking about it, but I want to remind you how the left loved to quote the poem on the Statue of Liberty. Um, you know, as far as the immigration goes, it says, "Give me your poor." You're tired, you're poor, you're huddled masses. It doesn't say give me your tired and you're financially independent huddled masses. So it's like pick one. Right. I love that poem, but the the poem doesn't back up what the governor of New York is saying. And how many times have Democrats thrown the Statue of Liberty in our face over the years? That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. We need to go back and read that poem, right? Yeah, no, you're exactly <laughs> right. You're 100% right. They they have thrown the Statue of Liberty, not literally in our face, because that would hurt, but they have they have 
the, you know, proverbial, you've thrown it in our faces how many times over the years, whenever you've talked about building a wall or, or keeping people out of this country illegally, it's, oh, have you read, not read the poem on the Statue of Liberty? And they quote it and they recite it until it hits their doorstep, right? Exactly. Right. So just want to remind you about that. Excellent point, Tracy. Well done. Thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Jim's in Philly. Jim, hello. Hey, Rich. How you doing? Good. How are you, Jim? Good. So I got a question about this this bus law. So there's this, this every day around the same time, this yellow bus drops off these needy people at my house. What, what can I do about that? Say, say it again. I'm sorry. Say, say it again. Oh, you mean school kids? <laughs> Every day. Every, every day, day. On the same time, these needy, these needy kids get dropped off of my house. What can I do? Yeah, it's a great point. I think you got to tell the bus driver he's got to cough up some cash. I think, I think so. What do you think it's worth? A lot. I know my kids, they don't stop eating, so I think it's worth a lot. You should go out there and tell that bus driver, say, get these little needy little brats back on that bus or you owe me some money, pal. Every day, the same time. It's it's getting annoying. <laughs> well said, Jim. Good job, buddy. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you're uh, right. Have a good day. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. Yeah, the good good. That's ex- excellent point, Henry. You reviewed the Epstein list. I know you had some thoughts on that. You shared with me earlier before the show started today. Yeah. Your thoughts? I mean, my my biggest takeaway is that this Jeffrey Epstein guy. Yeah. He's a real jerk. Well, that's a very, very bold take. <laughs> yeah. No, but in all honesty, I, I couldn't believe uh, how smug and how arrogant and how suddenly forgetful Jelaine Maxwell was about, you know, every little detail that, yeah. that happened over the course of whatever, 20 years. I mean, it, and her answers are so condescending and mm-hmm. just angry. And I, I honestly, it, it was it was bothersome when they were like, you know, were you on the uh, plane with, uh, what was his name, the French guy, uh, Jean-Luc? Uh, oh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. You, 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 him, and Virginia, were mm-hmm. you all on the plane? She goes, I can't recall. And then you go, oh, well, here's a picture of the three. Does that, you know, jog your memory a little bit? And he's like, I can't recall. And it's like, well, of the 300 private flights you were on with Jean-Luc, uh, 23 of them happen to have Virginia on it, according to the flight logs. What, what do you think about that? I can't recall. And it just... Her denying uh, access to documents every every bit along the way. It, it was incredible, incredible how big of a scumbag and a sleazeball she is. And I can't believe she didn't not kill herself like Jeffrey Epstein yeah. didn't not kill himself. Yeah, well, it's like it's like I said. It, you know, one we're, we all pointed out immediately. You're like oh, that didn't happen. Two, you you know something's up. So I, I guess I guess you got to keep one, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess if, you, if if both of them didn't kill themselves, that would be something. Yeah. Right. If yeah. they both didn't hang themselves in prison, but died of hanging themselves in prison, that would be something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she still may get killed. I mean, it's it's entirely possible she still may kill herself by not killing herself. It's still entirely possible, oh, especially 100%. if there's anything regarding Hillary Clinton in this thing. I mean, Hillary's fine watching Bill go down, but if there's any, you know, no pun intended, but if there's anything about Hillary, <laughs> that's when Ghislaine Maxwell will definitely take her own life by not taking her own life. No doubt about that. I mean, I, I have a list of, there's three, four, five pages of things or questions that she just suddenly forgot. Go ahead. You got them? Oh, man. You want to you start? Okay. Uh whether the defendant observed a female under the age of 18 at Jeffrey Epstein's home in Palm Beach, 
whether had whether the defendant had met Miss Jeffra, Gif- I don't know how you say the name, um, and introduced her to Epstein, whether she met Miss Jeffra at uh, Mar-a-Lago, uh, whether the defendant first met Redacted, uh, whether she could recall being on a plane with Redacted in Virginia, uh, whether the defendant knew uh, Nadia Mar- Mar- Marcinkova was doing at Epstein's mansions, whether the defendant knew the nature of the relationship between Epstein and Sarah Kellen, whether the defendant knew Sarah Kellen recruited girls under the age of 18 to go to Epstein's mansions, whether massage therapists at Epstein's mansion performed sexual acts, whether defendants knew the age of Eva Dubin when she met Epstein, uh, whether defendant advised Joanna Schoeberg that she could obtain extra money if she massaged Epstein, whether the defendant introduced Schoeberg to Prince Andrew, whether the defendant could recall Emmy Taylor brought masseuses to Epstein's mansion. I mean, there's quite literally like four more pages of this stuff of yeah. the things she just can't remember all of a sudden. I don't recall. That's all she would say to these things. And apparently it got so bad during her deposition, she slaps uh, the laptop that uh, the lawyer was using right off the table. Uh, she was putting words in, uh, to the... Uh, the defendant's lawyer's mouth. I mean, uh, what, what was the exchange here? Um, it was basically an exchange saying, "Hey, did were these, you know, these girls coerced into you know sexual fat or sexual favors?" And she responds, "I've never co- coerced uh, underage girls into sexual, you know, right sexual acts." And he goes, "I didn't ask that's you about not, underage not the girls. That's not I the asked, question." Right? And it just things like that. You're just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, no, I, I think. I think you're exactly right about that, Henry. And Matt Walsh at the Daily Wire wrote a very good piece about this as well. And he said, there are still many more questions and answers. If you go through the nearly 600 pages of documents that were released last night, you'll still find a lot of very conspicuous redactions. On page 497, for example, you'll find this question that was posed to Virginia Goofrey. Quote, Ghislaine Maxwell told you to go give a massage to redacted, correct? The name of the person is hidden. Remember, Virginia Goofrey is the victim here. She's the one who's underage. By the same token, on page 502, you'll find this question to Goofrey, quote, other than Glenn Dubin, redacted, Prince Andrew, Jean-Luc Brunel, Bill Richardson, who was the governor of New Mexico, and also one of Clinton's cabinet members, another prince, the large hotel chain owner and the late MIT professor Marvin Minsky, is there anyone else Ghislaine Maxwell directed you to go have sex with? Once again, there's a name missing from the list in that question. And for some reason, we're still not allowed to know who that is. The name is redacted. Now, as Matt Walsh points out, there could be good reasons for concealing the name. Maybe it's an underage victim of Epstein's. On the other hand, maybe it's someone with a lot of power who's still under the control of the intelligence agencies. We really have no idea. Whatever the case, there are a lot more redactions like this. You can go down, you can download the documents and see for yourself. What this means is that several years after Epstein's death, we're still left to fill in the blanks of court documents that were supposed to be made public before Epstein didn't kill himself. We're not entitled to know anything more than we already knew, and we're definitely not allowed to know what exactly was on those blackmail CDs that disappeared from Epstein's safe. Most of what appears in the documents released yesterday leaves plenty of plausible deniability for those named. None of it amounts to actual proof of wrongdoing. It all raises more questions than it answers, but there is very good reason to believe 
that there exists out there somewhere or did exist at one point actual physical direct proof that a bunch of powerful people raped children on Epstein's island or on one of his other properties. But that proof is not being released and nobody has ever been arrested. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Epstein was an international pimp and pedophile, but apparently he had no clients. That's what we're supposed to believe anyway, but we can't believe that because it's nonsense, which means that the truth, the real truth, the full truth is still being kept secret from us. There are secrets, as Alexander Acosta said, that are above our pay grade and they will remain above our pay grade, at least until the people Epstein was blackmailing step out of line. Then we might see the names on those CDs. Then we might learn the identity of all the people named in those binders in his New York townhouse. Otherwise, the feds will continue to stonewall guys like Mike Cernovich and everyone else who's been seeking the truth. That's because more than four years after Jeffrey Epstein's death, he still belongs to the intelligence community. The CIA has a term called limited hangout. This is a tactic where some small portion of the truth is made public, while the most important details, the stuff that really matters, is kept hidden. Intelligence agencies do this in hopes that the stuff they release will satisfy everyone's curiosity and they'll stop asking questions. These Epstein files appear to be exactly that. This is a limited hangout, a diversion meant to satisfy you without actually telling you what you need to know. They want you to stop asking questions. Now, it's really interesting, too, when you go to this guy, Alexander Acosta. So Matt Walsh points out, you know, he says, normally the confirmation process to anoint a new secretary of labor isn't especially interesting. We certainly don't learn anything new or scandalous most of the time. But in 2017, the confirmation process of Alexander Acosta was a very notable exception. At the time, the Trump administration was vetting Acosta and they asked him whether anything in his past might pose a problem during his confirmation hearings. That's when Acosta told Trump officials about his handling of the Jeffrey Epstein criminal case back when he was the United States attorney for the Southern District of Florida in 2007. Acosta recounted that he had agreed to give Jeffrey Epstein the mother of all sweetheart deals. He granted immunity not only to Epstein, but also to any potential co-conspirators known or unknown. Acosta also hid the existence of his non-prosecution agreement from Epstein's victims in violation of the law. As a result of the deal, the federal investigation to Epstein was shut down. Epstein ultimately pleaded guilty to a state charge of procuring a girl for prostitution under the age of 18. He was out of prison in a few months. All of that was known to the Trump team when they interviewed Acosta. These are the kind of facts that could have killed his nomination to be Secretary of Labor. But Acosta offered an explanation for his handling of the Epstein case. He told investigators for the Trump administration that he had been directed by U.S. intelligence agencies to let Epstein off the hook. He was told that Epstein belonged to intelligence, that the matter was above his pay grade and that he needed to leave it alone. When this news broke a couple years later following Epstein's arrest, Acosta was asked about it. He refused to say it was false and he gave maybe the most equivocal answer he possibly could have given. This will go down in history as maybe one of the worst attempts to evade an answer that has ever occurred in a press briefing in Washington. Now, um, what I'll do, Matt, is I'll send you the, the article here. You, if you go down a little bit, there's the, the, Matt Walsh has the clip in there, but I'll continue reading while you pull it up. And his point is that it's an admission. There's no other way to interpret what Acosta was doing there, and he's not a particularly good liar. It's a non-denial confirmation that, yes, Jeffrey Epstein was an intelligence asset. 
He was being used by the United States intelligence agencies, and therefore he couldn't go to prison for amassing an army of child sex slaves. And that's not all the help Epstein and his associates received. On July 6th and 7th of 2019, shortly after Epstein was arrested on new sex assault charges, FBI agents photographed a variety of evidence in Epstein's New York townhouse. They discovered binders with CDs and photographs lining the shelves inside a safe, which they opened with a saw. The agents found lewd photographs of children. They also discovered even more CDs that had handwritten labels on them with the names of two individuals on some of the labels. Now, it's not hard to conclude that this was probably blackmail material. According to the official story, the FBI agents simply photographed all these items, but they didn't take them because they didn't have a search warrant. Incredibly, the agents left the property to get a warrant, which somehow took four days to acquire. Now, I have seen enough law and order in my day to know that a judge will give you a warrant on a phone call in a matter of seconds if you need it in something like this. But I also have seen that how the United States government operates, which is they do whatever the hell they want, and then they 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 they, they you have to fight them later on about it. They, they, you, they, they these, this is the same government that will take your car, your cash, your house, your guns, anything you have, without even charging you with a crime if they if they want to under civil asset forfeiture. So you're you're telling me that the United States government suddenly had a conscience. And thought that they wouldn't really take this stuff in Epstein's apartment because they didn't have a, a warrant. To, you, to, this government, this United States government, that if I have $10,000 cash in my trunk, they'll seize it under the idea that I might be a drug dealer. And I have to fight to get it back. But they wouldn't take these CDs and binders from Jeffrey Epstein's safe after they cut it open with a saw. And they couldn't get a judge on the phone. There are how many federal judges in this country? Five, six? Hundred? How many federal judges are there in the United States of America, Matt DeSantis? Let's look that one up. You're telling me you couldn't get a federal judge on the phone at that moment? Or in New York State, how many federal judges are in the state of New York? Since this is where this happened, right? You couldn't get a federal judge on the phone to get you a warrant? How many federal judges are in New York State? Let's just look that up. Let's see. Let's ask the Google machine or the um, DuckDuckGo machine. How many federal judges are in the state of New York? Let's see what Siri says. Come on, answer me. Um, there's a lot of judges, I guess, basically, is the point. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a bunch. I'm just looking at the Eastern District of New York, and just, I mean, all the judges here, there's dozens of them. There's dozens of federal judges here. There's dozens of, of magistrate judges. There's dozens, there's there's visiting circuit judges. That's just, just, just in the Eastern District of New York alone. I'm counting at least maybe... Two dozen federal judges? Southern District of New York has 44 okay. district judges, yeah. And the Eastern District probably has a similar amount. You couldn't get one of those, not a single judge would answer the phone when an FBI agent was calling saying, we've got probable cause here to believe that there might be incriminating evidence about underage children, uh, children here. And not a, federal, not a single judge would issue an emergency warrant or say, stay right there, I'm getting the warrant down to you right now. In which case, the FBI agents are already in the property, so they're already in the townhouse they don't have to leave they just wait for the warrant if that was really the issue ah that little farce you fool couldn't pull a corleone fool a corleone excuse me i mean this is i these people are unbelievable to me 
They really are. Oh, can you pot up my uh, my little thingy? You'll befall him if he should get I'll shot. Again. I'm a superstitious man. That's right. I am a superstitious man. Like and I don't believe you couldn't get a federal judge on the line. Think about this now. Binders with CDs and photographs lining the shelves. Lewd shelves. They found lewd photographs of children. You couldn't get a federal judge to grant you an emergency bench warrant at that moment? An emergency warrant? Search warrant? This is the answer that uh, this guy gave back then when he was uh, asked about the question, Alexander Acosta, at his time as United States attorney in Florida and why he had to leave Jeffrey Epstein off the hook and the question about whether or not he was directed to do so by the United States intelligence communities. Take a listen. Um, I think those rumors uh, are misconstruing the acts of the office with respect to that particular paragraph. One more question. Uh, Richard Lardner from the Associated Press. Mr. Secretary, were you ever made aware at any point in your handling of this case if Mr. Epstein was an intelligence asset of some sort? Um, so, 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 so there has there has been reporting to that effect, and and let me say um, there's been reporting to a lot of effects in in, in this case, uh, not just now but over the years, and and again, I would. You know, I would hesitate to take this reporting as fact. Um, this was a case that was brought by our office. It was brought based on the facts. And, and I look at that reporting and others. I, I can't address it directly because of our, uh, our, our guidelines. Um, but I can tell you that, that a lot of reporting is just going down rabbit holes. A, 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 few, a, few, a few more. Now. <clears throat> The FBI agents are standing there in Epstein's apartment. They see evidence of his townhouse. They see evidence now of, of children in lewd photographs, which in and of itself is probable cause. I mean, that, that, any, any cop would tell you that at that moment in time, they have probable cause to take all of that stuff and then ask questions and return it later. If, in fact, it was not the wrong. They, they had probable cause in that moment to believe that there might be other pictures of children on there and that evidence could go missing. But they also could get a judge on the line and that they would have a warrant within, within, at least within the hour. But they left. They left Epstein's townhouse. And this is amazing. It took four days to get the warrant. And wouldn't you know, in the time it took to get the warrant, four days, everything was missing. All the material that the FBI agents had photographed was all missing. The CDs, the binders, all of it. Supposedly, one of Epstein's lawyers later brought the property to the FBI, but of course, there's no way of knowing if the CDs are the same ones that were removed from the safe. You have a chain of, you have a chain of custody issue here, obviously. There's no way of knowing how much evidence was tampered with. Now, as Matt Walsh points out, and I think he's accurate on this point, given this history, there really was no conceivable way we're ever going to learn the truth about exactly what Jeffrey Epstein did and who his associates were. But in 2017, independent journalist Mike Cernovich did his best to get some answers anyway. He tried to force the government's hand. He filed an intervening motion in an existing defamation case concerning Epstein. This motion, which went all the way up to the federal appellate court in New York, demanded that the government release information it possessed about Epstein. And the courts ultimately agreed. But just days before the documents were set to come out, coincidentally enough, Epstein and Epstein alone was booked on the new sex assault charges by the federal government. That arrest delayed the release of the documents pending the prosecution. Of course, that prosecution never came because Epstein 
quote-unquote, committed suicide. The materials in his safe began to disappear. And outside of Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein's associates evaded scrutiny. The legal documents containing the names of many Epstein associates, as well as transcripts of key witness depositions, remain redacted. Last night, after many years of delays, we finally got a partially unredacted look at some of the documents that Mike Cernovich had been seeking for the better part of a decade. More documents are expected to be unredacted in the coming days. This is just the first batch. But most of the materials we're now allowed to see, as you probably guessed, are not particularly shocking. We all knew, for example, that Bill Clinton had flown an Epstein's private jet and had been photographed with some of Epstein's victims. What's new is unredacted testimony from Johanna Soberg, one of Epstein's victims. She asked, she was asked, did Jeffrey ever talk to you about Bill Clinton? In response, she testified that he said one time that Clinton likes them young referring to girls. It's not clear whether this testimony refers to underage girls, nor is it particularly new information. Neither is the fact that, according to one witness, Michael Jackson once visited Epstein's home in Palm Beach. To be sure, there are more alarming accusations in these documents, although for the most part, they aren't new. There's a testimony from Epstein victim Virginia Goofrey that she was directed by Ghislaine Maxwell to have sex with Prince Andrew, for example, as well as hedge fund manager Glenn Dubin. There's also renewed claims in these documents that Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz had sex with one of Epstein's underage victims, something he, of course, denies. Again, we've heard this before. Going down the list, the billionaire executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels, Thomas Pritzker, is also alleging these documents to have had sex with one of Epstein's victims. Pritzker, incidentally, is related to Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, as well as the Harvard board member Penny Pritzker, who played a key role in promoting Claudine Gay to the Harvard presidency. Just in case you thought this week somehow couldn't get any worse for Harvard, there's actually an article from The Nation, which is not a conservative publication. July 24th, 2023, how Jeffrey Epstein captivated Harvard. But I won't get into that for the moment. I'll just point out that there's a link to Harvard, of course, as well. And then there are still many unanswered questions. But, you know, you you got to realize in life that when these things happen the way they happen, the, this is on purpose. I mean, this is, this is on purpose, all of this. I told you this yesterday, and I, I said this before, and unlike a lot of people, I wasn't particularly like, jazzed up about getting the Epstein list because I didn't really think I was going to learn much new. I, of course, I wanted it to be during the show, as we could read it to you, but 600 pages and redacted and BS and all the other nonsense. I think the evidence that would really burn people was in that safe, obviously, because that's what Jeffrey Epstein was going to use to blackmail people, probably on behalf of the United States government, probably because of the CIA. And it was purposely destroyed by our government. And we'll never know. And that's just it. And that's how it goes. And the truth will never come out. And anyone who questions this will be called a conspiracy theorist. But just ask yourself the obvious question. I mean, forget everything else, right? The U.S. attorney says the intelligence community told him to back off. This is above your pay grade. The fact alone that you had FBI agents standing in Jeffrey Epstein's townhouse, they had to use a saw to open a safe. But somehow they didn't think they had the legal authority to take the documents and the CDs and the pictures that were in there, even though they had pictures of underage children, which any cop will tell you would give them probable cause. And yet they couldn't get a federal judge on the phone either. And so they left. They left a potential crime scene. 
and didn't secure it. And they left and didn't come back for, until four days later, at which, which point everything was gone. I mean, that alone would be the kind of thing where if you put that in a movie, my father would walk out of the movie. No, he would, because my, I can't watch cop movies with my dad because he turns around all the time and goes, that's not realistic. That would never happen. But this really did happen. And if you put it into a movie, nobody would believe it. If you put it into a book, nobody would believe it. They'd say, this is BS. This couldn't happen. The FBI agents would not leave all that stuff just sitting there. Unless, of course, they had to because somebody walked in, you know, like the smoking man in, in uh, freaking X-Files and told them to get the hell out because this is above their pay grade, too. So <clears throat> wait for the next batch to come out and we'll see. But don't get your hopes up. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. This will go down as one of the greatest cover ups by our intelligence community of all time. Now, listen, Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. I drive, as many of you do, do as, as many of you know, a, a Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo. And I love hearing the stories from listeners about the great experience that you had getting your Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo. Like I talked to my friends uh, recently who got the XC40, my friend Deb and her husband Frank, and they love it. And there's a ton of room, and, they, and she loves how safe and beautiful it is. Cherry Hill Volvo is the most accessible Volvo dealer to Philly and South Jersey. Volvos have a tremendous, impeccable safety record, and relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. They always strive to do what is right. They work hard to match you with the perfect Volvo and always go the extra mile for their customers. And right now, Cherry Hill Volvo is undergoing a massive renovation to their dealership in order to serve you even better. They are open, have ample inventory, and are ready to meet you today. So why not start the year off with the luxury vehicle you deserve, a Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo? It's a great time to visit with many incredible incentives available. Cherry Hill Volvo is the most accessible Volvo dealer to Philly and South Jersey right across the bridge. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team look forward to meeting you. Cherry Hill Volvo is where relationships matter. They prove it every day. And we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios. So please go see them today. Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, where relationships matter. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Now, just remember something. Even though apparently the FBI could not get a warrant to uh, take Jeffrey Epstein, the evidence in Jeffrey Epstein's safe, even though it had pictures of underage children, uh, police today in Pennsylvania executed a warrant on a farmer who was selling raw milk and cheese. And they were able to uh, keep the press out because there was a local reporter that went in there to try to cover it. And they kicked him out as they conducted an extensive search of raw milk and cheese that this farmer in Pennsylvania had the audacity to sell. I'll talk more about that. But just want to remind you of our government's priorities. Uh, Speaking of priorities, we are now $34 trillion, I believe, in debt. Dr. E.J. Antoni, welcome back to the show, my friend. Happy New Year. How you doing? Happy New Year. I'm doing all right, but hold on. Give me one second here. I got to smuggle away all my raw milk and cheese so the authorities <laughs> don't find it in my fridge. I mean, I'm not a big fan of raw milk. Uh, maybe throw up once, but I still listen. If you want to drink it, I mean, knock yourself out. It's America, you know? Right. Well, like, like you said, priorities, you know, let's not worry about the fact that we are spending ourselves into oblivion at a rate that would make a drunken sailor blush. Oh, oh no, you know, that's not a big deal at all. The fact that we are mortgaging our, our kids and our grandkids' future, the fact that we're destroying the dollar, the world's reserve currency. Nope, nope, no concern here. No, 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 no. We have to, we, if, if you have raw cheese... That is what we need to be worried about, okay? That's what we have to focus on, E.J. Antoni. And it's great to happy New Year, by the way. And I want to uh, remind everybody, Dr. E.J. Antoni, of course, the official economist of the show and research fellow in the Heritage Foundation's Grover M. Herman Center for the Federal Budget. And you've been all over Fox News lately. You might be on there more than me lately. I'm very impressed. Oh, I don't know. You, I'm sure you give me a run for my money. And uh, and our mutual friend, uh, Jimmy Fallon, will now be hosting Fox News Saturday night. So we're excited for Jimmy. Uh, so good things are happening there. All right. Let's talk about the economy, though. How many, what's our what's our debt now? What are we at? So, like you said, we're over thirty four trillion for the first time ever. Not not exactly the kind of milestone that you want to brag to your friends about. In fact, exactly the opposite. You know, we're, we're increasingly getting to the point, Rich, where the bond vigilantes are just going to ha- start having their way. Because it's becoming increasingly clear that at some point, we're just not going to be able to pay this back. And if you do actually get paid back when you lend the government money, you're going to get paid back with val- with dollars that have lost so much value that it's the exact same thing as if the government simply defaulted. So it's just a question, is it going to be explicit default or implicit default? And who's going to be left without a chair when the music stops? In 2020, the CBO estimated that we would not cross $34 trillion in debt until the year 2029. They're five years off here. That's very problematic. Oh, my gosh. These are the same bean counters who were telling us that the Federal Reserve was still going to be earning a profit and was going to be helping uh, you know, the Treasury to pay its bills. The Fed has realized losses of $134 billion dollars and their unrealized losses are more than 10 times that so next time you want next time they want to criticize one of these uh, regional banks for getting on the wrong side of the interest rate trade and going under like silicon valley bank did just remember the fed has done it all in spades and they did it before any of these other banks did but but no you're right the, the cbo their estimates are way off they always have been they're completely unreliable mm-hmm yeah. All right. So this this issue right now of of spending and then this is the key point here, because I know some people are like, ah, who cares about the debt or whatever? This is why we have inflation. I mean, you've made this case on the show so many times 
This is what's driving inflation in the United States of America. Out of control federal spending, out of control debt, period. Right. And and the scary thing now is that we look like we're poised to repeat the mistakes of the 1970s, where when the government w- was on the brink of success and almost had inflation down for the count, what did it do? It took its foot off the brake, went right back on the gas. And then you got an even worse round of inflation towards the end of the 70s. And it gave us these the double dip recession at the end of the 70s and beginning the beginning of the 80s. And all of your listeners who were alive at that time will remember, I I mean, that was a recession for the record books. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was talking about recently, uh, there was a gentleman who came on the show to talk about the poll that shows now Donald Trump is winning with Hispanic voters from the Libre uh, organization. And he was mentioning the point that, and for a lot of people, working class people in this country, they are not able to keep up with prices. The, the, the ability to do so is just, it's just not there. I mean, we're talking about... In, Prices have gone up on everything in such a way that you feel it. Yet the Biden administration keeps turning around and saying, you just need time. Bidenomics takes time to work. What are they? You can't fake how people feel when they're at the checkout line, E.J. Antoni. People either feel good when they're buying groceries or they don't. They either have enough money in their checking account at the end of the month or they don't. All the spin from Joe Biden about how wonderful Bidenomics is, is not going to change that. Exactly. And and what they constantly do, Rich, is they constantly tell these half-truths. You know, they'll say things like, oh, well, this past month we saw, uh, uh, we saw wages rise faster than prices. Isn't that great? Okay, fine. Yeah, that, that's great. That's better than the opposite. But what about the 26 months in a row where it was the opposite? Mm-hmm. What about, you know, for well over two years when people's earnings were falling behind the increase in prices? What about that? You can't act as if that never happened. The fact is people are demonstrably worse off today than they were two, three, even four years ago. There's just no way around that. And, and you're absolutely right. When I can't afford to put gas in the tank and groceries in the back seat, you're darn right I'm not going to feel very good about the economy. What's there to feel good about? We have $1.1 trillion in consumer credit card debt. Uh, we're, we're seeing a record amount of this buy now, pay later because people are maxing out their credit cards. There's a record number of people who are having to work a second or even a third job to make ends meet i mean this is absolutely insane oh but come on you are you you're forgetting the fact that the healthcare sector uh had growth ej antoni why are you ignoring that fact Oh, yes, yes. The healthcare sector had growth and so did the government. It's amazing how as soon as you take out all of the jobs that are dependent on government spending, either directly or indirectly in this economy, you find out we're not actually adding jobs at all at this point. I mean, it, it's incredible. So we, we have so many people who are going into uh, uh, to not just things like they're being doctors or nurses, uh, jobs that are considered well paid in the healthcare field, but we're talking lower level jobs things like uh, janitorial staff. Now, that's not to diminish what those people do, but I would much rather be adding high-value jobs to the economy where people are making enough that they can support themselves and their family than low-paying, entry-level jobs. But that's exactly what we're adding throughout the economy today. I'm sorry, but that's just not a sign of wealth and prosperity. No, and and on Twitter, if you follow EJ, at Real EJ Antoni, and and I'll read your tweet. U.S. sector PMI for December confirms that healthcare is the only part of the private sector with significant growth and it's heavily subsidized regulated controlled by government 
Financials finally manage growth after months in the red, but now all other sectors are signaling contraction. I think that that aspect of this needs cannot be emphasized enough. I mean, how much that healthcare is subsidized by the government? It's almost like the uh, the green energy industry. It's like saying it's like saying EVs had growth when we know they didn't. But if you look at the amount of money the government gave for uh, for battery charging stations that weren't built and for subsidies to make these plants, you could make an argument and go, "Wow, there's growth in this sector." But of course, that's that's a fugazi. It's actually not true. Exactly. And and that's why I say, you know, you don't want to just count the jobs that are directly funded by government, but also the jobs indirectly funded by government. And I think a really good illustration of, of just how how much the not, you know, not just the jobs, but frankly, the, the entire economy at this point is kind of a fugazi. You think about this, the increase in the deficit matches the increase in GDP growth in the third quarter of last year. So this idea that, that somehow the economy is growing and, and the private uh, economy is thriving, it's not. This is entirely a, a debt-fueled uh, binge from the public sector, nothing more. This is not sustainable. Let me ask you the other question, too, which is that when you're dealing with this illegal immigration problem, this invasion of the southern border, and you've got December alone, you know, 300. 20,000 people across the border illegally into the United States of America. And you got all these Democrat mayors now who are whining and saying, we don't have the resources to take care of people. We don't have the resources. Go back to Texas, basically. Uh, what is going to be the the impact of this for our nation? I, it, it doesn't get talked about enough. But when I hear Eric Adams whining about this daily and I hear mayors in Chicago whining about this daily and now wishing they weren't a sanctuary city and saying we don't have the resources for this problem. And Governor Greg Abbott goes on Fox News today and says, look, Texas doesn't have the resources for this problem. What, what is going to be the impact exactly. of this economically? Right, exactly. So you, you are already seeing state budgets exploding because of the, the welfare payments that they're making to these illegal aliens. Uh, you know, all these, all these sanctuary city mayors, you know, maybe they should change it to sanctimonious city mayors. <laughs> right. uh, but they're, you know, they're all complaining that now Texas should be paying them because Texas is busing the migrants there. I, I'm sorry, but you guys called down the thunder, now reap the whirlwind. You want it to be a sanctuary city? Well, now you got it. And you know, it's amazing too, Rich. I'm starting to see reports now from New Jer- North New Jersey residents where they're complaining that illegals are going door to door asking for money because either the the check stopped coming from whatever municipality took them in or they can't find a a hotel whatever the case may be Uh, i mean this this is getting increasingly dangerous when you start seeing videos on on people's ring cameras on their front door for example of these illegal aliens walking around and checking car doors in the middle of the night to see if any if any of them are left open if they can maybe uh, get some cash out yeah. Well, you know, I, it's 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 absurd and insane. And it, it, yet the federal government does nothing about it. They're not they're not dealing with the situation at some point. Oh, they're, they're doing something about it. They're going down and cutting the razor wire well, that's that the true. Texas Rangers put in place. Yeah. That's what the federal government's doing about it. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And those and those those little barrels, spinny barrel things that would knock people off and they fall into the river. They took those out, too. And by the way, they're fun. They're fun. I mean, just I know that they're also a way to stop people from crossing the Rio Grande. But those are also just fun to stand on one of those things and try to make it. I mean, come on. You know, at least give the people some fun, some, some fun on their way over or making this journey. Come on.
Yeah, maybe, maybe you could even incorporate that in, into part of the, the immigration test where one of the criteria, not only do you have to have your paper papers in order, but you also need to be able to walk across those things. <laughs> Like the feats of strength. I love it. Uh, All right, my friend. Well, listen, we have a lot to talk about economically, I'm sure, as the presidential election gets underway. And um, I'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts on the candidates as well. It's going to be a busy year for us in 2024. Uh, Before I let you go, uh, 30 seconds. The Haley-DeSantis debate that's about to happen. uh, Who who do you think wins that uh, that battle? Donald Trump. Yeah. Because, look, at, at the at the end of the day, the more these people uh, expose themselves for what they truly believe, I think the more the American people are going to realize that they don't particularly like what those individuals stand for. I, I think increasingly the American people are, are liking candidates, you know, not just Donald Trump, but people like Vivek Ramaswamy, who are clearly outsiders uh, to the political arena. Yeah, well said. All right, my my friend, EJ Antoni, follow him at Real EJ Antoni on Twitter, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, Rich. Always a pleasure. It's the 5 o'clock happy hour on the Rich Seoli Show. Brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. The premier full-service resort and conference center. GrandHotelKateMay.com. Cooper University Healthcare, a leading academic health system. Cooper's experts provide award-winning primary and specialty care at more than 100 offices throughout the region, including personalized cancer care through the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper, groundbreaking stroke and neurosciences care, advanced surgical services, cutting-edge clinical research, and more. Recognized regionally and nationally, make Cooper your first choice for outstanding care close to home. For an appointment, call 800-8-COOPER or cooperhealth.org. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, 
empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.